0: conversations that we've had so far
1: yeah i really enjoyed getting to hear kind of her story about reluctance and rowing specifically to actually becoming rather good but also it kind of sounds like you know maybe it was a theme you know the beginning of early november project to her spending three years doing what i assume was probably a pretty good job Um, and so she had some some great stories
0: yeah, Ali is, is just one of those people who, when I think about the, the bar for grittiness and toughness and just relentlessly showing up, she is someone that I think of. And so it was really fun for me to hear her talk about stories that kind of built that for her and built that trait in her. And rowing, obviously, play, plays a huge role in that, but as we'll as we as we'll hear, she talks a lot about how the confidence that she gained from doing these really hard things and kind of putting herself in these challenging situations and ultimately kind of doubling down rather than giving up has led her to try a bunch of different things. And so I think there's a lot to take away from, from this conversation.
1: Yeah, including her latest venture in becoming an EMT, so I'm excited to hear you know a year from now how how she's doing
0: yeah for sure and and one thing that she mentioned that frankly has been a pleasant surprise across a number of guests is just how seriously she considers her role in terms of the greater good and being able to contribute to something bigger than herself so another frankly just great person that we were lucky enough to have on the show and so with that let's get to our conversation with Ali Fauci
2: The nerdiness in me really came out during this class.
0: Feeling like this is the week that we all get synced up.
1: One, two, three.
0: Not, not quite. There's still room to grow, Stanley. Cool. Well, would like to welcome in our guest this week on the podcast, Ali Fauci. Ali, thank you for being here.
2: Thanks for having me. It's good
0: to be here. A, what, a, what a great uh, week it is for us to, to have you on the podcast. I was just telling you that I don't actually have a ton of notes ahead of this conversation, but I have a lot in my head that I've been thinking about leading up to it. So, The first thing that I wanted to ask you about was how you see yourself, because I have a couple of characteristics that stand out to me about you. But I'm wondering what your own self-perception is for mm-hmm. you.
2: Interesting. It's um, a good question. I think. I think as with most people, it's probably evolved over time. Um, I think in in sort of recent years, um, I th- I think of I guess there's certain things that have evolved. There are certain things that have been consistent. A lot of what one thing I value about myself that my mom says I've had it forever, <laughs> you know, she's a mom. So maybe she always says this is like, um, sort of perseverance, persistence. Like I really like working hard at things and like figuring out how to do them and doing my, like figuring out how to do my best. Um, that's something that I've always sort of prided myself in. Um, I think I'm a thoughtful person. I feel like I've that is something I've probably gotten more thoughtful over time. Just maybe that's just normal growth, but um feeling like there's sort of um more nuance to the world that you see as you get older and so I feel like that's a big part of like how I try to be is thoughtful and observant and and caring of other people. Um I like to think I'm fun, but you know, it's hard to
0: cage your own.
2: You you are Thank you. you don't, you don't I appreciate have to that.
0: you don't have to be bashful about that yeah
2: um, yeah those are some things that that come to mind um, that's great yeah
0: i mean i don't want to stop you if you have if you have others no, that's that that seems good those are, that's i mean that's a great top 3 um, yeah. the the thing that i wanted to ask you about actually was the very first thing that you said which was persistence the the word that i wrote down was grittiness Hmm. or or grit and i have lots of examples that i can think of but i would love to hear from you how that developed or maybe the first time that you remember having having that characteristic show up for you
2: yeah um well the (laughs) the story that i that my mom likes to to bring up that that's why I was jokingly saying this is what she tells me um is that when I was apparently like three at the playground I like really wanted to go down this fire pole but I was terrified of it and so I stood for like 20 minutes at the top just staring at it my mom was like we can go I was like no I really have to do this um and eventually I did do it um but she brings that up occasionally when I have like you know, moments of like, I don't know how to do this thing. And she's like, you can figure it out. Um, I think as a kid, sports was like, part of what I loved about sports was that it is a place that you could really push for like progress by working hard. It was sort of this sense of like, you had to just sort of dive in and give your all and it wasn't going to be immediate, but over time you would, sort of be able to get something out of it. So I feel like I did gymnastics as a kid. I was never good compared to my sisters. They were really good, but um, I like to try to work hard. I think I learned a lot about like how to do that and how to push through hard things then. I don't think I was necessarily amazing at it at the time, but I feel like I look back on that experience a lot as I sort of evolved into new different sports, especially in rowing, um, which I did in high school and college. Um, that's like a big part of that sport is sort of like when you feel like you really want to give up cause it's really painful. Um, can you push through for the people around you for yourself? Um, and so I think that's a trait that I've, um, I've sort of grown over time and had ups and downs for, but I do feel like it's, it's been sports has sort of, um, driven it in my, in my identity more than anything else.
0: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And I love, to picture, I love the image of three-year-old Allie just staring <laughs> down the, the pole at the playground, just visualizing herself making it happen. Yeah. <laughs> the You mentioned rowing, and I, I definitely wanted to touch on that um, because that seems like almost the perfect sport for you in a way, knowing what I know about you. And you just described it as right when it starts to hurt. That's kind of basically when things actually start. Mm-hmm. So, how did you find the sport, and and how did you know that it was a good fit for you? Oh man, um, I
2: sort of stumbled upon it. I think when I was in high school, I was starting different sports. I did like cross country, and then. I was captain of my high school dance team. Um, And then I was like, I really wanted to be on the track team. But um, my coach, like my ideal was like, I want to be a hurdler, but I like was just not going to be a good hurdler. And so my coach was like, you can join the track team, but you're gonna have to do like longer distance, like mile to mile. I was like, okay, maybe, but I could also like try this rowing thing. I'd known some people who rode. I was always sort of like a bigger like stronger kind of bulkier person so it seemed like a good fit in that regard not super tall for a rower but um like reasonably tall and uh and so sort of tried it um and then was reasonably good at it liked it liked the sort of was drawn I think to that kind of aspect of like mental toughness and pushing yourself as being really key to the sport it's not just like skills and sort of expertise it's a lot of sort of that grittiness um I will say, I think in high school, especially the beginning of high school, I didn't, I sort of love hated it. Like at the time I liked it, but I also, I think the like perfectionist side of me and like grittiness side of me combined to being like, I always felt like there was more, I wanted to feel like I had maxed out at the end of a race because that's like how, you know, you did your best, but it's like really hard to do that because your body is like fighting with your mind about doing it. So I think for a lot of my high school experience, I was like, I want to be, I want to like keep pushing myself harder, but also this is really hard and scary. And I got really nervous before all the races. Um, So it was a lot of just like emotional ups and downs. Um, And then I started to learn a little bit about like sports psychology and visualization and sort of how to, how to sort of talk yourself through like practice and races and how they relate to each other. And, you know getting yourself in a space of knowing like okay I've done this before I know how to do it just like executing um and so then I I wasn't sure I was going to row in college decided I wanted to um and I think that like was much more serious experience of rowing like uh, it was D1 program and like a lot of really fast people so I didn't really know what I was getting myself into and I started I was sort of like oh shit this is crazy um and so it sort of required a whole new like reassessment of my mentality and and skills on it um i think a lot of it being just like how hard was i willing to work and if and was i going to be willing to go all in um so i think it was it was evolving in that regard of like i kind of stumbled into it and then had a lot of times where i was like maybe i'm doing this maybe i'm not um until eventually i it became a huge part of my college experience and my life there
0: how did you develop a belief in yourself that you could that you could do that because that seems like Uh, a pretty big jump
2: (laughs) yeah you mean like going from high school to the sanford program or just like yeah
0: yeah yeah and and if you're you're having that realization that wow this is so much more difficult than yeah even even the rowing that i've experienced before yeah that there's got to be some right challenge or just degree of fear that goes with yeah. that and so i'm i'm just want totally. to know what happened basically
2: yeah so when i joined the team i was sort of debating about joining and i was talking to a friend who was one of my teammates in high school who was always like very competitive with me but like she was really good um rower and she was sort of like you know what why don't you just try it like what's the harm in trying worst case you sort of don't do it um but then i when i actually joined i think i was just like oh i'm like I went from being, you know, top person in my high school, like, one of the top few people to, like, basically dead last in this rowing program, and um, I think, like, part of me mentally was, like, oh, that's intense, but also, like, I don't want to be dead last. I want to figure out how to, like, really work my way up and and try to, like, really lean into this training program that was completely new and really intense um, and sort of get get a lot out of it. Um I do remember several times that like first semester of college being like what the hell am I doing? I like don't belong here. Um but I think some of it was just sort of like taking it a day at a time, getting through the hard workouts and then I think it was about 3 or 4 months in that I sort of realized maybe not even that long, maybe 2 or 3 months. I was like, you know, I can't just kind of like do this passively like if I'm going to make this the type of experience that I'm proud of and want to do I have to kind of take the initiative and and figure it out and so I actually met with my coach um who I think was sort of just like oh whatever this girl is just like on the team she's fine but like all doing her thing and I was like okay I really want to get good like how what do I do how do I figure this out um and her recommendation was basically just like spend two hours on the erg every day <laughs> during winter and break, which was a lot. Um, if you've ever done erging, it's a lot of time to be on the wrong machine. That's about two um, more
0: hours than I'd prefer to spend on Yeah, on erg. It,
2: exactly. I think with most people, that is two more hours than they prefer. It's very monotonous, but um, it helped a lot. I think like part of the issue was that I, my training, like my pro high school program was so chill compared to this program that I needed that baseline. And so spending like two months of just kind of trying to take a step back and rather than like scrambling to try to keep up with everyone saying, okay, I'm going to like slow down a little bit, do things a little bit easier, but just like long and long and low, like coach used to say. Um, and it really started to pay off come spring. Um, or like winter, spring, I could see like, myself improving a lot. And that felt really good. I think like, as with most things, once you have kind of some uh, validation on it, it starts to be like, okay, maybe I can keep going for this. Um, I I think I pushed probably harder than I like ever have in my life that first year, because it was just like, all right, I'm not giving up on this. I really wanted, my like ultimate goal was to make one of the NCAA boats. And there's three boats that go. Um, and so I was sort of just like, nose to the grind whatever the expression is just like really going um and I remember definitely having times during that spring where I was like what if I just do all this and then it like doesn't work like how am I gonna feel but I have sort of this tenet that I always try to stick with which is that like as long as I I always want to be able to look back and feel like I gave everything that I had or like did my best effort so even if the outcome was oh I didn't make it I at least wouldn't be able to be like, oh, I should have done something different or I should have done more. Um, and then ultimately I did make it in the end. Um, though it was a little bit of like a lucked into a seat race because someone was sick and then won the seat race, which is like how they determined the boat. And though then I was able to race. But my coach always joked like, if that person hadn't been sick, I never would have given you a chance. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, yes. <laughs> but yeah, I learned a lot from it for sure.
0: I feel like there's so much in that story that rings true to the experience that I've had knowing you as a November Project person and just as a person, you know, in general. But the the thing that really struck me about the retelling of that story that you just shared was at that time in that first year, presumably, when you were sort of almost shocked with, how much more challenging this was and the level that was required to basically participate. I think there's a lot of people that would have just said, wow, that's definitely not for me. And instead, you just decided, actually, I'm here. I'm just going to double down. And especially, I mean, the time commitment of rowing two hours a day is is, is a big deal. So I guess I'm wondering why you did that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's a great question. I, I don't like, I wish I could remember my exact mental space at the time, I think, but I honestly don't, I, I don't really remember thinking like, Oh, I should have just, quit because I do think at one point I was like on the phone with my mom like 18 year old nude college being like I have this hard thing and I'm so scared and she was like you don't have to do it and I was like I'm of course I'm gonna do it but I'm just like stressed out and like it was sort of um I think I don't know that I like really let myself consider that I think part of it was like I at least wanted to see it all the way through and I I think I also was excited about the idea that I could see a path to getting good. I wasn't quite sure like what it would look like or what that would mean. Um but I think it was sort of this exciting thing of like, oh, I'm not where I need to be for this program, not where I want to be, but it's not like a dead end. Like there's a there's a way forward and if I am willing to put in the time and energy, then it's sort of available to me. Um I think that helped with being like, okay, I want to give this a shot. I also it just was cool. Like, I still sort of nerd out on the idea that I got to be like a an athlete in college, and like it just felt like there were so many people around me who were such badasses who were like Olympians and all this crazy stuff. And I was like, that's so cool. I want to be a part of that. And so that this was my way of doing it was sort of to like be there and try to kind of earn the respect of people on the team and and work hard. Um, So I think that that was part of it, but. I think a lot of it was just sort of being like, and maybe I. Would, sometimes I think back and I'm like, it's like kind of just naivety, naivete of like being an 18 year old being like, whatever, else figured figure it out. But I'm really glad I did. I think I learned more from that experience than I had from a lot of others by just being like, okay, we're going for it and ups and downs and no, not knowing what the outcome was going to be, but being willing to like do the work anyway.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you were almost more curious about your own potential than anything else.
2: Yeah, I think that's actually a big part of it was sort of like, what can I do with this? And if I don't try, will I be uh, like disappointed with myself? And I think the answer was yeah.
0: Has has that played out for you in other ways in your life before where you've tried something hard up? likely post-college, tried something hard and kind of been surprised at maybe what was required to be sufficiently good at it, and then you sort of had that similar type of fork for yourself?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think when I first started my job out of college at Twitter, I was like really, um, I don't know, like surprise maybe is still the right word, or just like, kind of, um, humbled by like how smart people were (laughs) and how much was happening and how little I knew, you know, I like did my degree program and like did well in classes, whatever, but like, that's nothing when you actually go working. (laughs) Um, so I think that was a moment. I remember the same feeling of panic early on of like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't really know even at what that point, like what the path forward is to figure it out. Um. I think a lot of it is going to have to just be me being persistent and, and sort of um, I think in that case, because there was like less of a direct, like you just train more and then you're fine path. It was like kind of being patient with it and knowing that it wasn't just going to like solve everything all at once and, and learn everything instantly, but sort of forging relationships and trying to figure out how to both learn and grow my skills. But I think one thing that I've always, wanted in careers is also to like add value to things as well in that um so figuring out sort of where my value was where my strengths were but also where I could grow um and yeah so that was I think definitely a time where I was like okay this is this is new and I'm gonna have to figure it out in a slightly different context um and then just now, I so I, I quit that job a couple months ago um, and just did an EMT training course. And that was definitely another moment of like, it's a lot of like pre-med kids who came in and were like, cool, I've already taken all these classes. And I'm like, okay, brand new, uh, got a lot of reading, got a lot of stuff, but sort of um, I do things like every time these things have happened, it's helped me build more kind of persistence honestly leading November project too like I do remember the first month having a lot of panics where I was like I don't know if that workout worked well like ever this is scary I don't know what to do and just trying to be like okay I don't figure it out and I think having remembering that perspective when you're in the the depths of it is hard sometimes but having people who can like bring you back to it or just reminding yourself that I think really helps
0: yeah what would you say one of the things that I'm realizing I I wanted to hear more about at least not to jump around too much, but to go back to the Stanford experience was it sounds like part of what was exciting to you about exploring your own potential in that way and kind of leading into that grittiness, persistence, whatever you want to call it, was that it was almost very simple for you. Hmm. Just put in this amount of time, do these workouts, and you will at least see an increase in your skills and ability. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering what that experience has been like for you, leading November Project, working at Twitter, doing this EMT training, all these other things where you've kind of dumped yourself in the deep end of these other challenging, totally different areas of your life and how it's been different for you without a coach or such a clear path of just do this thing and you will get better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um... It's been harder, I think, because you do. I do like love the certainty of training, first sports things. That it's like, okay, I'm gonna put in the effort, and I, like you said, you're sort of pretty sure you're gonna get some like value out of it. I think knowing where to put in the energy. I think one of the challenges that I feel like I've had with a lot of the other things has been like, I'm. I feel willing to put in the work. I feel like I want to try and like do my best but not necessarily knowing where to direct my energy, um, in terms of like, okay, I'm in this new job. I'm not even really sure like what I'm supposed to be doing or how to, you know, learn it in the right way. Um, and so sort of giving myself a little bit of grace maybe to like try to ask for help or like find the right path. Um, I think it's definitely sometimes felt frustrating because I do like when I feel like, oh man, I'm just like, I want to do this thing and I want to do it well and I want to like provide value but how do I even go about doing that but I feel like in all those times usually when I look back I'm like if only I I just like realized it was gonna happen and again not in like a passive way of like oh it'll just like sort itself out but sort of not expecting everything to be solved immediately like I think I I tend to like things to have an answer um, that's always what drew me to things like math and all that. I was like, okay, cool. This is very clear cut. There's a formula, you do it. Um, and obviously many things in life are not that way. Um, and that, like I was sort of mentioning at the beginning with the quality is like, I think that's something I've grown to be more conscious of and um, kind of patient with over time. It's like, okay, it's, there is maybe no answer. It's not about finding the answer or finding the person tell me the answer. It's a, sort of forging the path um, and learning from mistakes and trying to hopefully kind of pay those things forward. I could try to do a lot of mentoring, right? I have in the past some um, in sort of the tech world. And so a lot of that is like talking to people who are new in their careers are <laughs> sort of in that space and even just telling them like, that's okay. I was there. I still feel there sometimes. Like it's all sort of, there's ways forward.
0: For sure. And I have to imagine that, after a certain amount of time somewhere between three year old alley on the fireman's pole, <laughs> college alley on the rowing team, and post college alley and these other experiences, that you start to realize a pattern for yourself of some sort and that there's gotta be some yeah. confidence that you gain from that.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think it helps to have experiences to draw from um I mean, as with anything, it's sort of like this, you'd be like, okay, I, I did it. Then like, what did I, how did I make that work? What can I pull from it? And also being like, okay, I, fi- I have figured it out in these other situations. I can figure it out now. Um, it definitely does help for sure with, with confidence and trying to remind yourself, like you felt this way before. It's not a forever feeling. It's going to be, you know, you're going to figure it out at some point.
0: What I'm curious, because I feel like, we could go super deep in any of these types of experience but experiences but I'm I'm wondering what role failure has played in building that sort of calloused confidence and belief in yourself
2: yeah I mean I think a lot of failure is like or at least for me I think of it as sort of using that grit to pick yourself back up when you want to sort of just be kind of like butthurt and sad (laughs) be like oh well like that didn't work out so I'm just gonna like give up on all this or I'm gonna like maybe I'm just like not cut out for it and sort of a lot of it is kind of I think mental talk of being like okay yeah that didn't work but like do you want to be a person who says okay that didn't work and I'm sad about it so I'm gonna like never try again or keep pushing forward um, and I think so much of it is, yeah, that that sort of desire to kind of have given my given my best effort. And and often with failure, I mean, sometimes you try your best and then you're like, oh, it just really uh, didn't work. I didn't get that job or I didn't. This project didn't work out well or whatever it might be. This workout was horrible. But it, you sort of you might be able to take those and just say, OK, that was my best something didn't work. Let's like learn from that. But I think a lot of times too, it's, it's sort of part of the process of you're putting in the work and then you realize you're just not fully there yet. And a lot of it is just kind of keeping pushing forward. Like I think there's just never sort of an end, an end mark and finish line for it. It's kind of like, okay, how does this, how does this part continue and maybe it's not a linear path anymore um i think a lot of that for you know things like jobs is yeah knowing kind of where you've messed up or where you're not able to like do the things you want to do as best you can um and trying to find a path forward like i thought about that a lot in the tech world actually um in thinking about the type of, if I, if I want to continue doing tech, the type of tech I want to do, it's more sort of like public interest civic tech. Um, and I've, I've found a lot of challenges trying to get into that field. It's a very different type of skill usually that they're looking for than what I've done. Um, and so I've gotten a lot of rejections on that regard of people being like, yeah, no, you don't like, the interview didn't go well or whatever it is. And so just trying to not take that as like, oh, whatever, I guess I just won't do that. Um, but seeing like, okay, that path isn't clear to me at this point. What, Who can I talk to who might know what skills I need or what opportunities can I have to try something out for a bit that might make, get me there? Um, so again, I think some of it is just pushing yourself not to, to give up in those moments, but sometimes taking a step back and be like, okay, Need like a breather on this. It was felt sh- shitty to get rejected. I will like regroup, but kind of giving yourself, holding yourself accountable to not letting things slide just because they aren't working out. I think is something I've really tried.
0: For. Yeah, get, getting rejected, no matter how many sort of long form experiences you have of knowing things worked out, it never feels good in the moment. Yeah, that's just human. <laughs> that's true. The the one of the themes that I feel like. I'm not surprised to hear you talk about, but that is very clear from the stories you've shared already is that you just don't really take any shortcuts. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that the, the theme that I kind of draw from that is this idea and that I have experienced with you is just this idea of reliability Mm -hmm. and you, you don't take these shortcuts because I think you, it cheapens the end destination. Mm -hmm. And at least that's what I hear in this, in the stories that, that you've shared. And I think that in a lot of the things that you've also shared, government tech, like being a part of a rowing team, there's so much that's just around being, and even working at Twitter, sort of wanting to be valuable so much that just kind of circles around this idea of being reliable and being a good teammate and someone that people can count on so i would love to hear if that is accurate first of all and and where that kind of developed for you
2: yeah that's a good question i do think it's accurate that that is a big part of sort of how i like to live my life and how i think of myself um i think like the joke when I first started coming November Project was sort of like, you can always expect Ellie to be there because she just never misses. And it was like part of that was because I just really liked it, but I also really liked the consistency of it, that there was sort of this expectation that like someone was expecting me to be there. I wanted to be there. Um and I was like not gonna let them or myself down in that way. Um so I think that and I always felt like in any aspect of life. Like I think I do a pretty good job of being able to push myself. Um, But I love being part of a team and feeling like I'm pushing myself for other people that it's not just about me and what I can achieve, but it's sort of a more collective. I think there's something just really valuable about that. And also like really helps in those darker times where you feel like, you're failing at something or things aren't going as you expect or all these things, you kind of have this whole group of people to fall back on or like a purpose for it of like, okay, well, you know, in the rowing case, I don't want to let my team down. So even if I'm upset about this, I'm going to like keep pushing forward or in, you know, work setting, like having some sort of purpose to what you do and, and wanting to do the best for the people around you. Um, I think that's something that I've always really Liked. Um, I have siblings. <laughs> I always think that really. I don't know that that made that the like made me that way, but I think it. There's something sort of um, team like about having siblings that you're pretty close to. I have two older sisters, um, and I I think as a kid sometimes didn't like being the youngest because I felt like I was kind of the like runt of the litter, a lot like picked on a lot, but um, now I love it. It's like the best. I'm so happy to be the youngest because I learned so much from my sisters and I get to just like, kind of try to make them proud and, and like support them. And, um, yeah, I think, I think that sort of was a, a baseline of starting that. I also think like my parents both are very reliable people in that they, I, like they always both want to do the best they can do um, and they really live by that. And they're always like, sometimes I get annoyed with them because I'm like, you work too hard. You're doing too much stuff. But I think it comes from that same drive that they sort of instilled in me, which is like, if there's more I can do to contribute or to help or to show up for somebody, then I'm going to do that. Um, so I think those things, those things really like started there and then built as, I did more you know sports and team environments, and I've always thought like you know in in the working world, I don't have a strong desire to like work for myself in my own space. I like really love being part of a team and the team culture and collaborating with people and you know kind of building off each other. so in anything I do, I hope it can continue that vibe
0: and what motivated you to? become an EMT that seems like an exciting turn but one that (laughs) doesn't necessarily seem like a sort of connected obvious dot to the things you described before
2: yeah it's a little random in at least on paper um I think the thing so I sort of started playing around with the idea about six months to eight months ago maybe where I was like you know this sounds kind of cool, but like didn't really say it out loud because I was like, whatever, this is sort of a pipe dream of mine. And then I like told one friend that I was like, this could be kind of cool. And she was like, that does sound pretty cool. And then I sort of started like kind of pulling up a thread and, and feeling like maybe it was more of an option. Um, I think I've always wanted to do something that felt like it had meaning and purpose. Um, I think when I joined Twitter, I was like, straight out of school and sort of just like I need a job but also I think looked at it as sort of this place that was providing a voice for people it was kind of a joint like right when the Black Lives Matter movement was starting and like after a lot of these sort of social movements um we're we're starting to build and using Twitter as a platform and so feeling like okay I'm contributing to something um I think over the years that has wavered a little bit in my mind you know are there other ways that I can be contributing positively to the world? Is is my work at Twitter doing that? Um, I think one thing that I didn't like was that it felt I felt really removed from that the exact like outcome and purpose of it. Um, a lot of it was sort of just day to day kind of stuff on the computer, but not feeling like okay, this matters. Um, what I'm doing right now matters. So that was one of the something I was sort of thinking about for a few years. Um, was sort of how do I get towards that? And that's kind of what brought the like government tech side in my mind and all of that. Um, and then I think during COVID, I was hit even more with just sort of this feeling of like, I was lucky. I was able to work from home. I was like having a, a good life, but like everyone in my family was essential worker, workers. They were all doing really hard things. Um, I was seeing a lot of people around me doing things and I felt like, man, I really wish I could just like help in some way, be contributing more. Um, and like I always liked being active and outside and using energy. And one of the things that I was thinking about was like, what, what would it be like to work in a job where you're actually hands on? Like you're not just sitting and thinking, but you're actually kind of interacting with people, doing something a little more fast paced. Um, and so I landed a little bit on EMT because of like, it met all those things. And it seemed really interesting to me, but also, um, frankly, because it was like a short amount of training to get able to get started was one of the big things. Like there's so many fields where you can do hands-on things that help people. Um, A lot of them require many years of degrees, whether it's, you know, medicine, social work, nursing, like uh, psychologists, there's so many variables. uh, But EMTing was pretty short training period to be able to start. Um, it's pretty basic in terms of the amount of like actual treatment and stuff you're supposed able to do with patients. But so much of what I was excited about was sort of getting out there and interact with people, whether or not it was like me doing the treating their illness versus just like assessing them and being able to help. So that's what kind of planted the seed and then sort of ran with it. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. I will say like I've, the nerdiness in me really came out during this class because I was just like, this stuff is so cool. This is like really fun to learn it um, and pretty excited to to put it to practice. But trying to um, hold myself back from trying to plan too far ahead. I think one thing that's hard for me is not knowing, like, knowing the answer to like where I will be and what I'll do. Um, And so right now being like, I'm going to try this. We're gonna see how it goes. I'm going to try to like, you know, do some coding things to like keep myself in that world to some extent, but mostly just looking forward to feeling like, all right, I can at least do my best for that one person that called 911 and needs help and is probably having one of the worst days of their life. Um, And that feels like a cool way to sort of use, use that energy. So.
0: We'll that, see. That's that's so amazing, and I, I wish you nothing but good luck. <laughs> Thank you. I I feel like one of the things that I heard in that comparison between Twitter and just desk work, coding work, what have you, compared to the CMT stuff is the feedback loop of how closely connected you are to what your work does, what it contributes to, and then how that sort of come back, comes back to you. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you think about? Or is that something that you're looking for in this role?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I feel like I've thought a lot in the past few years about sort of how to make the most impact um, because I think that it has been sort of what's driven some of my curiosity about different careers and kind of interest in trying something different. Like i had a great experience at Twitter, I really liked the people, I learned a lot, but I felt like I wasn't, it really was important to me to feel like I was contributing positively to the world in a way that I could, that I could really like hold on to and feel confident about. And I think some of the challenge with being really removed from sort of the outcomes is that you you can't always see that connection. And especially when things are hard or you're feeling burned out or whatever it is, you don't have sort of that feedback loop of like, okay, there's like something that good that came out of this thing that I did. Um, And that's not to say like, obviously I'm sure there's so much technology that does have that sort of maybe more immediate impact. Um, But I think what I was, I, I, you know, Technology is complex in that there's definitely good that it does. There's definitely bad that it does. There's definitely, you know, nuance and, and um, kind of like a lot of thought that needs to go into doing well. And I, I think the like public interest act aspect of it, of like, how do we, how do we build things, whether they be tech or, you know, systems or services or whatever to, to make someone's life better and not just somebody whose life is already great like have their life be slightly more convenient but actually kind of move the needle on people um and so I think part of what what I was looking for in this sort of more kind of direct impact seeing the seeing the impact world um type of careers were like could I how do you, you can kind of gauge that I think a little better of like okay this is you know, you see the impact on the person and how it's, if it's making them better, feel better or worse or whatever it is, and then kind of can adjust from there. I think the feedback part of the goal of feedback loop isn't just to like pat myself on the back and be like, Oh, cool. Great. I'm like doing good. It's like, okay, this isn't working out quite as I thought it would, or it isn't making the positive impact that I thought it might. How do you adjust? How do you change that? Um, And that's, you know, the, the joy of feedback I guess is that it, it does allow you to do that and course correct. Um, so I think that's some of it is not, yeah, not just like I was trying to be very thoughtful when I was thinking about switching to careers that not just doing something because I was like, wanted to feel better about myself, but also to think about like, maybe in some cases you're the most impact you can have is being a little more removed from the person or a little more removed from, you know, the, the immediate kind of outcome but you can still do a lot i think some of that is just figuring out where where you fit in and what those pathways are and where where they connect because i think sometimes it can feel a little circuitous of like i'm here and i want to like help this person here like is it actually getting to them or am i just like throwing things into the abyss um so sort of went to the 180 degrees on this and went to the very one-on-one Person type of career for a minute, and sure. um, we're gonna see how it goes. But
0: yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, it makes sense, just even with your your background and some of the persistent stuff that we talked about before. That sure, this is a decent jump and something that you've never done before. But all past experiences would indicate that you will, of course, achieve some level of mastery, or you know. Uh, yeah, mastery over this type of new field, essentially. the I, I recently read something from Brene Brown, the author, that she talked about her background and experience and career doing a ton of different things. And that the thing that kind of put things into perspective for her was this idea that nothing is wasted, that hmm. all the things you do actually end up culminating in whatever the next thing is and i wonder how you think about something like that as you kind of stitch together all these experiences and the background that you already described and how you think about how you think about that
2: yeah no that's a really interesting quote i like was on a road trip a lot this year and listened to some bernie brown for the first time thinking like being skeptical at first being like uh vulnerability gross. (laughs) And then I listened and I was like, man, this is really good. (laughs) I I actually like this a lot and relate to it. Um, I think I do feel like that's a really good point to keep in mind and something that um, I've sort of noted. It's not even really like, Oh, I've decided that this is true. And, and sort of like, I'm, I'm going to pull it forward, but sort of have noticed more looking back of like, Oh, even if when I was doing that, it was sort of like, who knows what this is going to do for the world or the, my time or my life or my experience um, that often it has huge impacts. And I think, you know, even if I don't ever go back into the tech world and do coding again, I think I learned so much from my time at Twitter of like just being on teams, trying to build things um, in a group, trying to collaborate with other teams, trying to understand like the trade-offs of of projects and and how to do things fast but well and like just so much of sort of experience there that's I think widely applicable to the rest of the world um, like relationship building all of those things um, I always go back to my own experience because I feel like it taught me so much about so many things including that sort of great perseverance like discipline learning time management teamwork like so many things. Um, I think November Project taught me a ton, just like in sort of this community aspect. Some of it's also just learning how to like stop taking things so seriously sometimes and just enjoy it. Like great advice I got from Patty on like, you know, one month in or a few weeks in of leading where I was like, I don't know how that workout went. I don't know. Like, I feel like I messed it up. He was like, if you're having fun, other people are having fun. You're going to have a great, like, it's going to be fine. Everyone's doing fine. Um, And so trying to just be like, okay, this doesn't have to be perfect don't have to be figured out but I feel like so many of those experiences even if it's sort of just like for fun or or things even just adventures and things you try you learn just about yourself and I think a lot of it in my mind is learning about yourself and what you can do better but also about the world and about other people and about you know groups like I sometimes nerd out on like organizational kind of behavior and like how like teams operate and how like attitudes are very contagious within them um and how you can sort of like get things to work well or not well really like with sort of just like one domino in either direction um and so much of that is applicable to any experience life experience that I've had so um I do feel like I thought about it when I was thinking about, okay, do I quit this like stable job I have to try this EMT thing? I have no idea if it's going to work out and I don't know <laughs> what it's going to mean. And I don't know if I'm going to like it. And X, Y, Z was like, will I look back and feel glad that I tried it? I think hundred percent. Yes. Just because I'll learn so much about it and I'll either, you know, come out of it feeling like this is a path I want to follow or that was really cool. Um, and I'm glad I did it, and I learned a lot, and now I'm sort of taking that with me. So I think it does help take some of the pressure off to be like I have to do it all exactly right. To so like, okay, is this something that I'm gonna be glad I tried? And if the answer is yes, it's usually worth
0: doing. Yeah, it seems like a lot of your perspective has put you in a position where you think a lot about living in the moment and being being present and really focused on the things that are at hand
2: yeah i think i try to i like i said sometimes i'm like a i want to like know my answer like know my path but i think i think from the experiences i've had learning that like you gotta let go of that a little bit and most of the time you don't know and you just have to sort of pick pick what makes sense and think about how you will how you'll look back on it um helps me sometimes when I'm in the like paralyzed decision-making moment of like, should I do it? Should I not? Should I X, Y, Z? Is like, how will I feel about, how do I think I'll feel about this in 10 years when the like immediate scariness is gone? And that really, I think that does help. you be like, okay, for right now, this makes sense. And I'm not going to forego that opportunity just because I'm like, not sure where it's headed. I think that does help.
0: Nice. Well, Hallie, th- there's, only one question that that I have left, and it's one that I've, I've asked everyone that I've had the pleasure of interviewing on on this podcast, and I'm really interested in your answer. So, what to you, what defines a life well lived to you?
2: Yeah, I feel like I cheated because I listened to some of the podcast episodes, so I knew other people got this question, um, and I got to start thinking about it. But um, I think honestly, it's a lot of stuff we have talked about of like things that. I try to live by and tenets. I have, I think contributing positively to the world around you, whether that be on like a micro scale of like the people that you interact with on a daily basis or sort of a more macro world scale. I think that's like, to me feels like an important part of living a a good life is like feeling like I positively impacted other people. Um, I think doing my best, (laughs) always trying to kind of, like, really just make myself proud on feeling like, okay, I, I did what I could do in this situation. Um, I think relationships with other people and teams and sort of being part of something bigger than yourself um, is a huge part. You, like, never, so sometimes sometimes think about this, um, like, you know, there's so many movies where the plot is, like, somebody's goes back in time and they realize, like, really the people are what mattered. Was like the job did not Like there's no movie that's the opposite. No one ever goes back and is like, oh, if only I'd worked harder on this thing and ignored more people. Um, so I think that's always a, a good reminder of like relationships and people. Um, I think having fun too. Like I I sometimes have to, I I think I have a lot of fun, but I sometimes do have to buzz myself when I'm like, I'm going to figure this all out. It's like, what am I going to enjoy? What am I going to look back on and be like, that was a great, experience that was so fun even if it didn't have a purpose even if it didn't have a meaning um if there was like a reason to do it at the time because it was fun and it you know wasn't hurting anybody then why not um yeah i think all those things uh are a big part of that for me
0: yeah that, that's a, that's a great answer and I, i'm going to ask one more question before i turn it over to stanley because you brought up fun again and i feel like i didn't ask you enough about it but what are <laughs> what are you doing now to have what's the most fun for you now that's giving
2: you the most uh, joy. Man. Um, I – this, is like, feels like such a lame answer because it's, like, not, like, flat fun. But, like, I really love runs. And so i like, running. And as I've been – I've been, like, doing some road tripping the past few months – and I like going on different trails or finding new places and trying running and listening to like some podcasts while I do it or, or music. I really do love finding like new music, especially like I'm very into Bay area rap, as you probably know. (laughs) So like finding new artists there or like finding, just sort of going down rabbit holes sometimes. Um, Yeah. And like trying, I don't, I feel like there's just like a lot of small, COVID has made me appreciate the small joys a lot more. I used to do, Feel like there was a lot more like, okay, what big thing am I doing this weekend? What big, who am I, like, what social activities do I have? What concerts? Um, and after sort of two years of being like, well, all I have is my house and like the area outside around me, it was a lot of like, ooh, let me go to the store and like find a fun new beer to try <laughs> this weekend. I feel like I've gotten old uh, accelerated because of it, but, but like running was a huge part of it, like exploring San Francisco and being like, man, this city is so pretty. Um, and just having those little like joys and getting good food and yeah, a lot of a lot of little things I think. But we'll see. Always looking okay. for new opportunities. You got yeah, ideas for those are, for, uh, those for are all
0: those are all good <laughs> things. Um, nice. Well, Stanley, tell me tell me what I missed. Fill fill in the blanks, please.
1: So there were <clears throat> two things that I wanted to follow up on. One was early on you mentioned that I think it was maybe your freshman year of rowing you said that often there's this kind of disparity between your body and your mind and you've got to, mm. how do you push yourself? And so I'm curious like, as someone who just ran their first marathon and I'm like, that was great, but I, I want to push myself harder. Was there yeah. a moment or something that a tool or trick you use to like get, get your, your mind and your body in sync. So you knew when you finished something, you were like completely exhausted.
2: Yeah, no, it's a good question. Cause I think like, it came up a little bit when I was talking about why my I had a love-hate relationship with rowing at first, because I always felt like it was so hard to do that. Like, it's so hard to, in the moment, know, okay, I'm, like, doing everything, uh, giving everything I have, uh, and then at the end being like, great, now I knew it. Like, you, you sort of have to try to keep pushing, like, be like, okay, my brain's telling me I need to stop or slow down or whatever, but I know that's not true, so I'm going to, like, push past it. I think so much of that is just sort of um, trial and error of having times where you're like, oh, I like finished that. And I know I could have had more. And so I'm going to like figure out how to, how to push harder earlier and kind of ignore the voice in my head. That's telling me I'm going to like die if I keep trying. Um, and then sometimes really blowing up and having the opposite, which is like, you're like, okay, I can push past this mental, Thing that's telling me I have to stop and then your body just completely gives up on you and you're like cool cool I guess I should have listened a little bit more I have a funny story of when I was in college we were doing like an erg test um and we used to do row and have the rowing machines lined up right next to the gymnastics gym where all the, like gymnasts were practicing and I did I was doing like a 2k which is one of the erg tests and my body just like about four, 400 so like maybe 20% of the rowing like piece left my body was just like kind of falling apart like I was really trying to push but I, my legs were just like not working um and I finished it but it was kind of not pretty and this gymnast came out from the gym and came over to me and he was like can I pray for you <laughs> I was like Ugh. do I look that bad <laughs> I am like dying over here I think he literally was just like this girl looks like she's on the edge she's usually like about to pass out I've got to give her a prayer but I was like I mean all right thanks thanks sir um so so uh yeah learning I think trial and error for both sides and then trusting yourself to to keep pushing through um, the times where you're not sure. And then also knowing that, you know, worst case you blow up and hopefully it's fine.
1: All right. Good answer. Um, so as a segue to the next section, you've mentioned a couple of times you've road tripped now. So what is, what is the most underrated place that you've road tripped?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I um on my way back from the so this year I did like a big road trip to the east coast um to see some family and then like came back so I like went along the south and went along the north went to so many places um I was like really excited about uh, Vermont. Um, I was, I went up to Burlington at the end of the summer and I was like, this might be cool. And then I got there and I was like, man, this place is beautiful. It's like a giant lake. There's like mountains and bike paths and breweries and all that. Like maybe everybody knows about it, but me and I just was like blindsided, but I was like really pleasantly surprised by that. Um, and then the Midwest, I'd never really explored much of like sort of Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota area, but, um, I did a little bit of like driving around the Upper Peninsula and stuff in Michigan, and I was like, "This is also cool and beautiful." Like a lot of kind of weird quirky towns, but the like very blue water, very like Caribbean style water, which was pretty cool.
1: Um, so, right, well, as a <laughs> as a Michigander, I appreciate that. There you go. <laughs> you know, was, you especially know, as know, our since our last, that. especially since our last guest had the opposite point of view, I appreciate that we're balanced now. <laughs> I just love, yeah you know, got to try new
2: places. And I love like trying the new, the like local grocery store for the like snacks and random stuff. It's just fun to like, you know, be where somebody else is living and try it out. That's gotta, next time you're here, you, you have gotta, to let you me stop now.
0: in, step in yeah. and see Stanley next time.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Also one, one time shout out to Stanley for just casually dropping that. He just finished his first marathon.
2: Yeah. Congrats. By the mm-hmm. way, I didn't say that that's a big deal.
1: Thank you. All right, so the next section is overrated, underrated. Which, if you've listened to this, you know uh, what it's about. I'm going to throw something out. You tell us if it's overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated, and you can qualify or give some context if you want. Okay. Attending November Project.
2: Oh, uh, underrated for sure. Leading. Oh, oh, go ahead. ahead. Leading November Project. um, Also, I think underrated in the like what it's like to lead and like the experience of it. I think sometimes uh, overrated in that people like, it, at least maybe until I joined as leader used to sort of like um, idolize the leaders. I, I even had someone, I think, tell me at one point, like, I used to be really intimidated by the leaders, but like, you're pretty chill. So I was like, I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, yeah, overrated. I think in the like, we're not, there's nothing too grand about it, but it's also underrated and how fun and,
0: uh, cool of an experience it is
1: zip do you have a an opinion on that
0: no i 100 agree with everything Ali just said <laughs> perfect glad we're on the same date
1: waking up early
0: oh definitely underrated big
2: morning person now
1: so after all those years of rowing is it underrated or overrated
2: yeah see i feel like i had like the weird maybe not weird but I used to not be a morning person at all. Like as a kid, I was always like dragged out of bed. Like I always wanted to be a night owl. And then I started rowing and I was like, well, I have to wake up at 5.30 every day or whatever it is and go and like do this hard thing. And there were definitely times where I was like, man, I don't really want to do this. But now I like love getting up early. I feel like there's such a, you get so much out of the day before anyone else is up. Like November product really solidified that too. Cause you have the beautiful sunrise, you're around people. You always leave the situation being like, this day is going to be great. Whereas like, if you just roll out of bed. I feel like you're just kind of tired and <laughs> unmotivated. So very into mornings. I was like joking to someone that uh, if I start dating again, I'm going to put on my uh, dating profile. Sunrises are greater or better than sunsets and like really just get some um, people being like, this girl's crazy. We're never going to go out with her. But I do feel like sunrises are so cool and pretty and the day's starting. It's so much better big adamant on that
1: it is a very energetic way to start the day
2: yeah absolutely
1: being a beginner
2: being a beginner oh man i feel like i have a complex emotion or relationship with that because i think it's underrated and that there's like so many things that you can try if you're just like willing to be a beginner but it's really hard to do, and so much of it is just like talking to yourself and being like, "Oh, I'm bad at this, but it won't be this way forever." So I'm just gonna keep answering underrated to everything. Apparently,
1: um, Twitter,
2: Twitter, the company or the product, <laughs> both, either.
1: Oh, up to you.
2: Yeah, honestly, uh, I think the company is underrated. I think it's a great place to work. Um, So a lot of really cool people. Um, The product uh, depends who you ask because a lot of people hate it. A lot of people don't understand it. If you ask anyone in my family, they're like, what is this thing? And how do you, why would you have it? Um, And so I usually try to explain the value. But I also think for some people it's just like, you don't need more social media in the world. It's just like, okay, to Okay, to not use it, I'm not gonna try to evangelize it to everyone because I feel like some people are like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I don't have one." I'm like, that's okay. You don't need to have one. I don't. There are a lot of things I don't have, so yeah, I'd say about appropriately rated and beyond the product.
1: So I, uh, he was also my boss's boss's boss. So I want to know your opinion of Jack Dorsey. Mm. Um. He's such a quirky dude. Like, I've never really interacted
2: with him one on one. sometimes I'm just like, "You're such a weird man." But I do think in my very limited sort of distant experience from him, that he he has good heart. He like wants to do the right thing and wants to do good for the world. I don't know that he always knows how to, um, but I've appreciated that like when I worked there that I felt like he wasn't sort of just doubling down on bad opinions. He was sort of like, oh, I should learn more and find people to educate me on this and figure out how to be better. So I, I thought he did a pretty good job.
1: Yeah, he always struck me as someone who was wanted to be very thoughtful and considerate. And it didn't always end up with the right result, but like you'd right. spend a lot of time thinking about all of the different perspectives and then yeah. try to come to the right conclusion.
2: Agreed, yeah. Java. Java. I love Java.
1: You're, <laughs> an, you're an Android developer, right? Yeah,
2: I think it's underrated. Um, Because people are so into Kotlin now with Android, it's like the new hip language, and they're like, "Who does Java anymore?" It's so clunky. There's so much stuff, but it's just so clear. Like you just have so much structure to it. I like that. Very easy to read. Um, I'm a a big Java fan. It's gonna like make me never be hireable as an Android (laughs) engineer because like everyone's using Kotlin now. But I mean, Kotlin's cool too. But I I do like like Java a lot. Um, And that's an unpopular opinion. I've I've learned (laughs) people don't like it when you say that.
1: So as the oldest sibling, I'm curious, your Mm. opinion of the youngest sibling.
2: Oh, definitely underrated on that. Being the youngest sibling is the best. You get, you get like, bullied isn't the right word, but you get toughened up as a kid. But you, uh, I feel like I became like grittier and like a better person because of it, because I had to be like, oh, just like never going to get the approval of my older sister when she was like 12 and I was six like she was just never gonna want me hanging around but I could still try and still push forward and still like find a way to sort of find my place in the family so I also just think it's fun to be at the time I don't know that I appreciated it but I had a few years like when both my sisters had gone to college where I was just at home with my parents, and I think I was sort of like, Oh, this is <laughs> this is weird. But now I'm like, Yeah, that was kind of cool. I got to be like more of a almost adult with them. Um, and now I can like go to my sisters for life advice even as we get older, because they're they've had more years of living than me.
1: Downtime as an EMT. Downtime? Yeah, because don't okay. you sit don't you often sit in the, the cab yeah. for a while? Well,
2: yeah, I haven't really gotten to experience it yet because I've just finished my training, but um, I imagine it'll be kind of nice for certain moments when you're running around. But also, I'm sure, like at least at the start, I'm going to be so uh, impatient to like get on calls and do stuff that it's going to feel not fun. Not underrated, yeah, Stanley. Yeah, not I'm, I'm expecting initially overrated and then eventually underrated, but I'll, I'll circle back and let you know.
1: We'll, we'll follow up. Uh, and then finally, the Golden State Warriors.
2: Oh man, this is a complex. I think appropriately rated because I love the Warriors. Um, people are obviously uh, like obsessed with them when, when they're doing well, and then sort of forget about them when they're not. So that's kind of sad. But uh, I I think they're great. Uh, I like the team. I think they have they have good spirit. People always like to shit on. The winners of things i think but i think they're uh they're a really fun team to watch and have good dynamics on the course and it's cool when like i, I liked that iggy came back this year because it's like oh there's sort of this like vibe connection between them so i'd say appropriately rated because people already rate them probably very high but i think i think they're worth it
1: given i live there and what feels like the heyday i miss I miss that energy that the city would have and like go to the bar and like watch the game, just like people would be spilling out into the street and everyone. I I miss that.
2: Totally. Watching the games are, is always so fun around here. And I got to, I think the first year they won the championship, I went to the parade in Oakland. That was super fun just because it was like so many people out and about and so many kids and just like fans. And yeah, it was great
0: appropriately rated uh, as the best team in the NBA right now yeah so. exactly <laughs> well All right, Ali, zip has
1: a final question I think
0: yeah we yeah. we like to end with a would you rather and Ooh. I think I have a I think I have a decent decently good one for you okay yes, I hope so would you rather never miss a geZ concert or never miss, concert? Oh, never miss an e40 concert
2: oh a hundred percent never miss an e40 concert e40 is like top tier fair rap. out e too short. They're the classics. They're the OG. G- Jeezy's good, but he's like, he's a new, I feel like he's trying
0: you're to. Old school, new school. You're, you're yeah. School. And
2: he's, his target audience is like 17 year old girls, which honestly he does quite well with, but um, I feel like I always got to respect the, the OGs. E40's been around for like four decades, yes. <laughs> constantly making music and showing every Bay Area concert I've been to he shows up he, he makes a it, surprise appearance 100%. he's just there and yeah. he's always at the warriors games he's just like icon yeah 100% e40 nice great
0: great answer <laughs> well ali this has been so much fun thank you so much for, for making time for it and yeah thanks for sharing all, all these cool stories with us it's been been really cool to hear
2: for sure thank you both it's been really fun to talk